and welcome to the 100th episode of Record Talk Listen. My name is Lydia, and thank you so much for joining me. Uh, we reached a huge milestone. That's the 100th time I have said some semblance of that intro. So if you've been with me from the beginning, uh, thank you very much. And here's to hopefully 100 more. Um, on today's episode, we talked to Josh Horvey from Clatter Coffee. That is going to be opening um, in the middle of March. And they're going to be serving some really delicious local, locally sourced and seasonal food with an Appalachian twist. So Josh is coming on to talk about that and uh, his his take on things, including a very special sandwich that he's been allowed to put on the menu. And he's very excited about that. And it sounds really good. Um, so the entire month of March, if you're a podcast listener, we're trying to get people to, if you listen to podcasts, share that passion and also that information of how you listen to the podcast um, with other people who might not be so familiar with this platform. And if you do that, then more people will listen and the more people can get information and get access and just think about all the wonderful conversations that you can have with your friends if you're all listening to similar things. Um, So we're using the hashtag tripod on social media. So if you could do that and help spread the word about how wonderful podcasts are, that would be fantastic. So It's a big initiative for the whole month of March. So that's not just for this podcast, but for all of the other ones that you so enjoy listening to, like maybe Relish Pod. So um, this is 100. If you haven't listened to any of our previous episodes, since there's 99 of them, you can find them on our website, and that's recordtalklisten.com. There are links available for you there. Um, Also, great information uh, about our guests are, are held there in the descriptions to make sure that you look at those you can subscribe to the podcast through itunes podcast republic google play and stitcher that way you never miss another episode and you can hear all of them all 100 episodes are available on those platforms as well so if you have some catching up to do there's a snowstorm coming apparently so now no time like the present to listen to some great episodes speaking of great episodes. Let's get right on into the interview with Josh Horvey from Clatter Coffee. Josh Horvey, you're on the podcast. Hey, Lydia. You're doing some pretty cool things with Clatter. We're hoping to do some cool things with Clatter. Yeah. Yeah, And you're on the food end of Clatter. I am. But I'm sure you'll be drinking plenty of coffee. That's actually one of my biggest fears. Is, is, that, drinking too is, much is having that access to that much coffee the jitters, that close. Yes. Trying to cut things is probably <laughs> not a good combination. Right, yeah. Um, so you're doing this really cool thing with um, Appalachian food. Yes, So correct. what would you classify? And I would preface this that you have a very definitive definition for this particular area of Appalachia. So why don't you explain that to the, to the listeners? Well, I think like uh, my idea of Appalachian cuisine is uh, based in locality and seasonality and and using the most with what you have access to. Uh, so if that means the whole animal or the whole or whatever is in the field and fresh that week, uh, that kind of thing. Um, or is, wild. Or wild. Yeah. Um, you know, it's about preserving and pickling and doing all these things that... Um, you get the most out of what you have access to. Right. And I think that's about the the broad definition. The broad definition. Of, yeah. But at our geographic locale, um, we're in Maryland. 
but we are five minutes from Pennsylvania and like three minutes from West Virginia. So we're extremely close to both of those other states. Um, so they've definitely influenced the area that we live in. Um, what, what do you think are the most um, prevalent from those two regions? Uh, I think like our proximity to like the Penn Dutch, you know, Southern Pennsylvania cooking, um, the Mennonite Amish community, mm -hmm. I think is definitely played a lot of influence. And then the hunting, fishing, foraging realm from the West Virginia side um, also has influenced it a lot. You know, I think far more than really the rest of the of Maryland. Has I agree. Yeah. It, yeah. You know? But no, not a lot of people in Annapolis are like going out and digging up ramps. Yeah. Uh, only to sell them for way more, <laughs> way more money than what right. you should be paying for ramps. They don't have uh, a, their own spot that they're uh, that they're digging them up. Right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't think you're find, finding them around. They the don't have that ramp much. feeds in Annapolis. No, no, no. Those are fantastic. That, that, but that's something that's very indicative of the of the location, especially in this area. Not just in Maryland, but in Pennsylvania and in West Virginia. Right. Is uh, some serious ramps. Ramps, morels, yep. you know, all, all, I kind of, lamb, lamb's quarter, all kinds of yeah. wild forage stuff that is just out there ripe for the picking. Yeah, and it's just really easy to find if you know where to look. Right, yeah. And if you, if you actually know how to, you know, process and pick those things and do it in an ethical way, mm -hmm. they'll be there every time yeah. you go back to that spot. And I think that that's important. And that's something that I think is passed down, especially if you have a morale spot. People, right. people do not tell you where they find their morales. That nope. is like a family thing and you have to be extremely careful. And, and same thing with ramps. I think it's also like, don't take them all, but you need to leave some and right. do this. You know, it's one of those preservation things. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to see this thing that's so important to the culture and identity of an area be lost over greed or yeah, you know. capitalism. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you're going to cook some pretty amazing food with all these influences. Right. So, what are your, some of your ideas, especially in like a coffee shop setting? In a coffee shop setting, you know, the first thing we went to our idea when I was approached about doing this for clatter, you know, is that we wanted bagels. We, you know, there's nowhere in the area to really get like a good bagel, mm -hmm. you know, so I'm all for having a good bagel. Sure. Ideally, I would love to make that bagel myself, uh -huh. you know, to do it in house. Uh, we don't have the space to do that. So we're able to source some really high quality par baked bagels. And with that, you know, I'm going to offer it however the customer wants it with, with, Amish butter or homemade jam, sure, you know, things like that. But I'm also, um, you know, excited to do things like the take on, um, on locks, you know, the, the bagel locks and schmear. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. but, uh, but instead of going the, the normal Jewish way mm -hmm. is that we're going to do a little Appalachian spin on it. So okay. something like smoked trout and creme fraiche and, uh, you some sort of brine seed or something like that to give it the, the to punch. kind of match up with the caper quality of of, of a normal lox. That so, sounds good. Yeah, I eat that. Well, well, good. <laughs> and you don't even eat meat. I don't. Well, I eat fish. I oh, do okay. eat fish. So Pe I mean, I am a pescatarian. I'm a pescatarian. <laughs> yes. Um. But yeah, that's. I mean, a, a good bagel is hard to come by. Right. An Appalachia. Yeah. An Appalachian bagel is an oxymoronic. 
<laughs> but we can hopefully find one soon. Right. Um, so you're going to do that and then you're going to do sandwiches. And But what I like about it is you're, you're trying to find locally sourced products, as, mo- as many of them as you can, as much as you can. Right. And yeah. seasonally. Yeah. Uh, you know, over the last, you know, 10 years of being in the area and cooking in the area, I've had an opportunity to form really awesome relationships with some of the best purveyors of this stuff in the area. You know, Mm -hmm. you have Savage River Farm, you know, which is, they're just like amazing people that I want to support as much as I possibly can. Mm -hmm. You know, you have Backbone, you know, that are just like doing these amazing things that have really high quality stuff, you know, it's like with, you know, Savage Rivers, their eggs. I've yeah. never had a better egg yeah. in the entire country. Like yeah. you can't get a yolk that looks more beautiful than I, that. I always think that, um, I, we, I used to have chickens when I was a kid and when you would make a yellow cake, the reason it's a yellow cake is because the yolks are like golden. Right. And I don't think people realize that. Right. That you, you don't have to add coloring to it right it's the color of the yolk that is so rich and just wonderful so yeah it's really great when you're making eggs to crack or baking to see that same golden color yeah really beautiful and you know we're gonna do uh i'm gonna do like poached eggs yeah you know as part of uh, as an either an amendum to amendment to what's on the menu you can add to almost anything it's also gonna be yes it's also (laughs) gonna be uh you know used in a lot of the menu items yeah. and stuff and uh so like the idea of being able to like knife through a savage river farms poached egg and just have that have golden that goodness golden run out of, is yeah. just gonna be now you're making me hungry awesome yeah um i mean that that sounds really good <laughs> so i mean that the farms are amazing we're lucky with that like we're lucky to have such wonderful farms and wonderful sourced foods and people that are really on top of uh, how ethically they treat the animals that they're butchering and also just in general with how the land works and and all that kind of stuff so we're very lucky in that and i think that's also part of the area where it's sort of people older people kind of pass that down and it's learned knowledge right um And you can come from someplace else and learn all of that, but you have to be open to that. Right, totally. Yeah, I think that sometimes this area can chew people up and spit them out pretty quickly if they're not willing to calm down and like kind of tap into the pulse of what's happening. Right, yeah. You know, and I I think like living in a rural community like this, you know, a lot of it is about what you make it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like you can't expect to have all the amenities of the city and to have all these things, all these choices and options and stuff. But that's the beauty of it. And and yeah, the beauty of it is finding things that make you happy outside of those the trappings of what can be city life and stuff. I also find if you are looking to learn how to do something, you can probably you can find a few people that know how to do that certain task. And it could be related to art, it could be related to like, I don't know, beekeeping or Something like of that nature. It's like it's all there. You just right, have to yeah. sort of figure out where these little pockets of these communities lie, and they're all in rural, this rural area, which right. I think is really pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, any sort of trade or skill or you know, uh, craftsman identity, especially like off of living, connecting to living off the land or anything like that, yeah. like in sustainability, you're gonna find it around here. Absolutely, because people live that life. 
I think, um, and we talked about this earlier, is really good cuisine comes from not necessarily the easiest of times. And I think that, you know, good comfort food is based in good, you know, food, peasant food. Right. For yeah. lack of a better term. But I think that, you know, this area makes you appreciate what you have because this is not a rich area right. monetarily, but resources, it's pretty rich. Right. Yeah. And people included. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, I mean, some of the best people that I've ever met in my life are, are from this area or, or, or products of this area. Sure. You know. Sure. So you've got really good food, really great purveyors where you're getting the food from. So that seems like a win-win combination. Um, so people can expect really good twists on bagels and good Amish butter for those of you who haven't had it. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, it is. Um, but so you're also doing like regular sandwiches too. So if you don't want to like go too far out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Without like naming the running down the entire menu, you know, like, um, with, with the paninis, you know, I think we're going to do some takes on like, you know, a banh mi or Cuban. A lot of it's going to be like special things that will maybe run limited time basing on accessibility you know um well that would be with seasonal like right. you're not gonna have you know a blt in january because you can't get the t right yeah or that or the l, or the l. Yeah. right uh and uh yeah so i i think you know there's going to be stuff like that but then also just like these nostalgic childhood favorites that i've just like kind of always dreamt of putting on the menu like john's allowing me to do a peanut butter and jelly and chips sandwich <laughs> and i couldn't be more excited about it you know because i can I give think, i think it's good i'm <laughs> like i, I kind of want to try it. it i mean it sounds it sounds good because you get the texture of the crunch the salty with the chips and then you get the sweet and savory i mean it seems pretty perfect to me right yeah i mean why isn't that on more menus i don't I don't know. I I don't know. I, well, I think it's because most of the time chefs have been hoarding it for themselves. It's you like know? an it's after like, it's like what they Yeah, that's <laughs> like when it's either for me, like after a long shift, it's like I want like the simplest, easiest thing to yeah. throw together. It's like either going to be a bowl of cereal or a PB&J with some <laughs> chips smashed on it. A bowl of cereal. Right. Clutch at, at night especially. Yes. Um, so you're going to do traditional sandwiches so people don't have to freak out if they don't want like a super fancy. Yeah. We're not trying to scare people away. Yeah. And I think your pricing is really good. That's not scaring people away either. Yeah. We will really want to keep things affordable for, you know, like for everybody, you know, people, um, want to eat in there every day. You know, we want to give them a price that if, that they can eat in there every day, you know, and in a, in a range, you know, I think we'll have a couple specials here and there that will be a little fancier, you know, mm-hmm. will be me maybe like showing off like technical stuff or experimentation a little bit more. But uh, for the most part, we want it to be like a simple, accessible menu based in like staples and especially based in stuff that you can get everywhere else, but you maybe can't get around here. Yeah. You know? um, I mean, do you think that, I think it's been influenced the whole farm to table or nose to tail kind of thing is, has taken off in cities and they've done like takes on, you know, whatever, you know, the, the traditional grilled cheese, but they've taken it to like a higher standard. Right. Yeah. Right. So, um, but here you, you just would do that anyway. Like you would go dig up ramps and you're like, I'm going to have a ramp and grilled cheese sandwich. Yeah. And it's going to take me like five minutes and I'm not going to pay 
$25 for it. Yeah, totally. Um, so, I mean, I think that that's already happening here. I just think people real don't realize that it's elevated food right. or necessarily a cuisine. They right. just think like that, well, that's what I had on a Thursday night. Right, you know? totally. So, um, I think it's I think it's an interesting take um, kind of shining a light on the food that's offered in the area. And I think it'll be good. I hope so. Um, so you have to be a creative Appalachian cook. Yeah. I mean, with the space that I, I, I have, uh, which I'm excited about it. I'm excited about the challenge, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm, but I'm dealing with like, uh, people are going to actually be able to see you cook. Yeah. Yeah. People, That's people cool. will be, I mean, they'll see my back the most of the time. Yeah. You well, know? um, but, uh, but it's only like my second worst side. So it's, there you go. it's not, it's not that bad. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, but the they'll see the space, and that's like that's where everything happens. It's yeah. gonna happen in this little space. All my prep, all you know, everything is gonna come together in this tiny little little space. A lot of it's gonna happen in the middle of the night when we're closed. So yeah. it's just because of, that's just that's, gonna be what I'm gonna have to do for right. it. You know, and uh, but I'm I'm excited about those challenges. You know, and um, so I think it will be. I think you know people will be happy and. I'll be happy and yeah, and it'll change seasonally. So I mean, the PBJ and C will that's year round, that's year round, year round. Yeah, exactly. Staple, staple. But you know, the other the it's going to change because the seasons change and the availability of ingredients and you know what's available, right? Um, which I think also kind of allows people to tap in to eating seasonally, which is important. Yeah, totally. I think it's besides like learning to cook for yourself yeah i think if you're gonna go and have other people cook for you then that's like a really important thing that the people that you're paying money to cook for you you know should know about this stuff should yeah, know should, should know where that, the yeah. food comes from and, sure you know um, and, and be able to do it you know ethically and, and also uh not gouge the consumer right in the meantime we well, want it to be accessible yeah um, and it's also pretty cool to have the farmer that you're using their product come in and then eat your food. That's yeah, That's going to be yeah. a pretty good feeling, too. I mean, Ben and Hanna, they don't like anything that I do, so they're not going to be coming in and eating it. Oh, really? It. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. I think that, no, that was like, you know, with Shift, that was always an exciting thing. Yeah. To be able to look out and, you know, and see, like, Sam White eating yeah, his burger. Exactly. You know, it's that's like gotta be that's, pretty cool. Yeah, that it's it's an awesome feeling. And then when you get the thumbs up, you yeah, know, that's it's like you did you you that took validation. What I did. That's another thing. It's a, these people take such a long time to kind of curate what they think is the mo- the best, right? Because that's what they want to sell is the best. And then they give it to they put it in somebody else's hands, and then they take it to the next level. That's got to be a pretty cool feeling. Yeah, I mean, and. I think like with me and a lot of my identity towards food too is like I owe so much of a debt to these to these purveyor, purveyors and cultivators of this of these foods because like they do the hard part like my well, they, the my, flavors are like half the battle and you you got them yeah yeah you know they they do all a lot of for me it's really easy yeah. you know it's like um, if I was given inferior products yeah i could probably make it taste good you know um but it's like i don't even have to think about it because like a lot of the stuff you can just put right on the plate right and you really don't have to do much to it and it's going to be awesome right you know it's simple it's simple too you know you don't have to add a lot of extra ingredients to something that's already pretty good to begin with right yeah 
No, that's great. So tentative, and now everybody's masks are watering and really wanting to eat this food. A tentative date to open of Clatter is mid-March. Yeah, yeah. We're just waiting on our final inspections. Cool. Um, so hopefully soon as we get the thumbs up on those we'll be ready to throw in the doors open yeah i mean i think we're honestly going to do like three days of training for what we need to do in the space where that's probably going to be doors open anyways yeah maybe not advertised doors open but like well yeah you need people to come in to see how things are going to run yeah but i think that we're you know i think the community is definitely ready yeah (laughs) we are ready and hopefully yeah hopefully the community is right there with us Yeah, yeah i think they are um, well, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast and yeah, good no luck. And uh, I can't wait to eat that bagel. <laughs> can't wait for you to try it. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Thank you. For more information on what you've heard on today's show, be sure to head over to our website and that is recordtechlisten.com where you can find all of our previous 100 episodes available for you to listen to for free. If you think that this is a good place for your business to maybe advertise, we think it's a good idea. Uh, be sure to send us an email at recordtechlisten at gmail.com. We can help get the word out about your amazing product or services that you offer. While you're on our website, we have a fantastic little donate button that's on the right-hand side of the page. Um, don't be afraid to click it. Nothing bad will happen. You'll just support your local podcast. So uh, thank you in advance if you go ahead and do that. And uh, and thank you for listening. I really do appreciate it. Um, All of our listeners out there, we love to hear from you. And it's not, it could not be any easier. You can send us an email at recordtechlisten at gmail.com. You can send us a message or leave us a comment on Facebook at facebook.com slash recordtechlisten. And we are very active on Twitter. We're at RTL pod. We have a lot of followers and I'd like to thank them for keeping up with us and supporting the podcast. And don't forget to teach your friends and family about the wonderful world of podcasts and how they too can enjoy them um, pretty much anytime. Maybe an easy way to explain it is radio on demand. Maybe that would help. Um, But also make sure to use the hashtag tripod to help spread the word about this wonderful platform. So, um, This has been another episode of Record Talk Listen, where Hyatt record, people talk, and hopefully you listen. Until next time, thank you so much. Mm